Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of what? Denver Comic Con. 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me always is Brad and James. And we have a guest today. What's Hi. up? Dan, how's it going, buddy? I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for inviting us into your new home. I think the last time you were on the show was when you fell asleep during the Wolverine review. No. Um, no, he was on it after that. We, were gonna, we went and saw um, Last Action Hero. Oh, oh that's and right. We, and recorded before it. That's right. Yeah. Well, and then before back. that, I fell asleep. I have to really thank you for the cock-flavored Starburst you gave me. I appreciate it. Yeah, good. <laughs> I mean, it kind of tastes like sweat and hair, but, you know, whatever. Uh, that's, um... That's so gross. You, know, you just bacteria, said something right? so gross that you made yourself crack uh, up. You know, I just... That's so Sometimes bad. I don't know why I don't have a filter. Man. I, this show allows me not to have a filter. Wow. You know what it also gives me opportunity to? To tell people about great things that are happening around town. Um, if you want... A place to shop for the best place to get comics. I go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics in Arvada. Brad, where do you go? I go to the same place. That's right, because me and Brad know what the fuck's going on. James, where do you go? I used to not go to that place, but now I go to that place. Good man. Well, actually, I I don't go, but they pull everything for me, and then exactly. somebody goes and gets it. And then when I go there to pick up my stuff, they're going to hand it to me and be like, this yeah. is James. And then I'll take all the cool stuff. I'm like, James, this is all you had this week. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but if you're looking for comics, go talk to Andrew there. He'll set you up with a hold slot. 20% off all new comics, plus they bag and board them for you. What else could you want? It's funny. I uh, I recently, like, I needed just a couple boards, mm-hmm. so I bought a whole case of boards and a whole bunch of bags, and then I realized, like, how... Now I just have a shit ton of bags and boards. I have nothing to do with them. You know, I'm really anal with my bags. I, I always rebag them. Really? How often? Like the new, Every like, new comic. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I'm weird and I don't like the price tags on the back. That You know what? Oh, no. That's in my head now. I'm going to be like that. See, I'm really weird like that, and um, and it's nobody's fault but my own because I'm a fucking crazy person. You'd be surprised how fast you go through those boards and bags. Oh, yeah. No, seems I, like I'm always buying them. I That's burn true. through them. I buy them because at Color Coins, Cards, and Comics, it's five ninety nine for 100 of them, or you can buy three sets of them for 15 bucks, which I do. So, you know, 300 comics takes me, I don't know, about a half a year. <laughs> and that, too, because I'm... So I've been going trying to fill my run of Spectacular Spider-Man, and I only need, like, five or six issues, and for some reason I can't find them anywhere. And I keep on going on, like, eBay and stuff, and I'll type it in, and they'll say, lot of Spectacular Spider-Man comics, and I look at the pictures. It's always the ones I'm missing that they don't have. Um, and they're not hard to find. They're, like, $3 near mint. So I, I don't know. I mean, huh. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so make sure you stop by Colorado Coins, Cars, and Comics. Get half off back issues that are not green stickered like i got this really awesome like run of amazing it cost me ten dollars i got 20 of them (laughs) it's all the ones from like the mid 90s where they did like millions print runs of them and after the comic industry bottom fell out no one wanted them anymore right you know when when everything was polybagged yeah where they had like a 15 page story with spidey and then there's like a seven page backup of venom and you're like ugh, yuck (laughs) Who gives a shit? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Fuck it. Hey, also, too, uh, 
I ran into Sam while we were waiting for uh, X Men today. By the way, we oh, see a new no movie way. every week. This week we saw X Men: Days of Future Past, um, and uh, he was up there setting up that little poster they had. Yeah, from the very famous comic cover of X Men: Days of Future Past, and he said that on the website. You cannot get the three-day passes anymore. Nope. You have to go to specialty shops like Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics to pick up the three-day Denver Comic-Con pass. Which, if you haven't done so yet, like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? And he told me if by the time this airs, probably, Saturday will be completely sold out. Oh, no. So they're expecting a huge crowd. So make sure that you go to your local comic shop to pick up passes to call, uh, Denver Comic-Con. Yeah. Because it's the only way you'll get three-day passes now. Don't yeah. want be don't be one of those fools standing in line wrapped around the Colorado Convention Center three times. Yep. Well, you still may be, but hopefully <laughs> they're going to get you through the hopefully line they quicker fix that. this year. They have, yeah. they have like a whole section of the building now that's just for registration. Uh, pretty much the, the they, they got a whole new section this year, you know, to add to their space, but they're not expanding the actual con. They're just expanding registration. Um, so hopefully they'll, you know. And also I want to remind people that on Friday it's all day now. Yeah, it's not. It's just the afternoon. It's all day. Oh shit! Good thing I took Thursday and Friday off. Yeah. I know. <laughs> me too. Heads up. I, I was talking to Sam and I said, "Well, when can we set up?" He said, "You can be there at eight o'clock in the morning on Thursday." On Thursday. Thursday. Uh, wow. I mean Friday. Oh, sorry, okay. Friday. Okay. Okay. So we gotta. Wow. Um, so yeah, we'll have to get in touch with the people we know and get our media passes and yeah. get that set up. And also, the last little thing bit I'll in- say about Denver Comic Con is we got the confirmation email from their. Uh, uh, programming director that we are now part of the real heroes of cinema little thing they have and Dude. we have a little uh, bio on the web page you can check out go to denvercomiccon.com slash real heroes and you will find real nerds pod show on there brad submitted a really funny little blurb and uh is it up there already yeah yeah no, i kept checking it wasn't posted yet but oh you can click on the link on the email they sent us it takes you right to it hmm. so yeah there you go cool hey when is denver comic-con it is Father's Day's weekend. It is June 13th through the 15th at Denver, Con- uh, Denver, Colorado Convention Center. We don't know when that screening will be yet, Yeah, though. we don't know when the screening yeah. is exactly, but we know that we're in it, and we have a blurb. And uh, There is a blurb. There is a blurb. So, yeah, we want to thank all the people at Denver Comic Con, as always. Um, we will have boots to the pavement trying to get some more great artists um, to be on our show. Uh, if you've been to our Facebook page lately, thank you for the likes. I've been reposting some of our classic interviews. Um, and today when I was out buying movies, I bought Swamp Thing that is on Scream Factory's collector's edition thing. I didn't know Michael Uslin was a producer on that. So cool to see that. Really? Makes sense. DC comic character. Huh. That's true. So, yeah. I already mentioned we see X. We saw X-Men Days of Future Past this week. We also talk about stuff we've been watching. Movie news. Sad news this week. Not because someone died. No. But uh, Nobody died. We also talk about DVDs that are coming out, box office numbers, and a comic book to read. Did I skip? Got everything. Yeah, I was going to say, do you realize that our very first episode was X-Men First Class? And we are, yes. I think, three weeks away from our fourth anniversary? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're hitting it. Four. Yeah. Third or fourth. In fact, third, guys, third, third, third. I'm going to do something fun this week. I'm going to spring something on you. guys didn't know I was going <gasps> to spring on you. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I'm going to go back, and I'm looking at, like, big release movies from years past. Yeah. And this week is the 30th anniversary of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Ooh. which is uh, – and I just wanted to know what you guys thought about it because I, I was reading a lot of interviews with Spielberg this week, and I know he did not like that movie. He did not like how dark it was. He didn't like how it felt. It's actually my second favorite Indiana Jones movie. 
um, because I like how dark it gets. Yeah. And I like how indie is in it. And um, what's well, because uh, Lucas was going through his divorce at the time. Yeah. At least that's what Lucas says. Is that. He was like in the the real trials of his divorce and the depression of his divorce, and was like, I don't know, fuck it. There are people ripping out hearts around the world, like you know. Um, I I really like it. I I think it's fun. I think there's some there's some crummy bits to it, and I think that it's, um, you know, like the the compositing on that first shot when they're you know sliding down the hill is the whole, like is the worst shot in any Indiana Jones. Well, in Man. the original trilogy. Um, but uh, it it also, unfortunately for Indiana Jones four, sort of sets up some of the like the tropes of the Indiana Jones movie. So like, you know, the the critters just you know they're always being like that you know that really gross critter scene. You know that one it's the bugs, mm-hmm. and then of course they do the the well they kind of have that too though one. in Raiders when he goes in and there's tarantulas right. all over those people. Yeah, um, but it like it becomes a thing that they're they're like constantly calling back to and you sort of expect from mm-hmm. an Indiana Jones movie because they started putting that stuff into the second one. Um, but I, I love it. I, I think Short Round is really cool. Um, Do you know he's a really famous like fight choreographer now? Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I read that too. That's um, interesting. Yeah, because he, he really doesn't really act in very many movies. No. Uh, you know, it just when he was a kid and then he became a really famous uh, fight coordinator and choreographer. Um, and yeah, I, I, just, I just thought it'd be fun to rehash some favorite films and um, it, it I really like that movie, and there's so many iconic moments for it, of it, to me. And, I mean, I have two scenes that always stick out in my head. Uh, when they're going across that bridge, and, you know, Indiana Jones realizes he's cut, and he does that, he wraps his arm around with the rope. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, what's he doing? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Hold on, lady, we go for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then that's, uh, I love that one, and I love the, uh, the hero shot of when Indy comes back. You know, when he realizes he makes a mistake and it's that, like, swooping camera into him. It's great. Yeah. And he puts the hat back on. It signals that Indiana Jones is back. And it it does sort of stand out from the rest as not being... And and this is uh, the argument for why uh, Lucas didn't want to do the cup in the third one was because he didn't want to do, like, a Judeo-Christian-centric thing again. Um, And I think that one stands out uh, for, for that exact reason. Um, like it is so dark and is dealing into this like weird mysticism, you know, mm. the fact that like supernatural stuff happens in that movie, you know, like there is no scientific explanation for hearts bursting into flame, um, which I mean, God shows up at the end of Raiders, but whatever, um, <laughs> that's in the climax. Like there's stuff during the movie that it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, like the voodoo doll stuff. And, yeah. The yeah. voodoo doll. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's ongoing plot points that are you know it's not just yeah, like he, all of like a sudden god to, shows up he's like trying to climb up that waterfall bucket thing yeah, the yeah. Kid, like the evil kid keeps stabbing the doll and, and it's like some of it's kind of comedic he goes ah and then he'll <laughs> fall off a little bit yeah but um yeah like the other stuff is it, with the exception of uh ghosts of god coming out of a treasure chest yeah um maybe a little more based in realism right but there's 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 some mystery in in the first and the third one you don't really know what's going to happen and then like when the guy gets super old and his eyes suck into his head you're like ah (laughs) whereas in in temple of doom you're just like oh my god indy is in some shit like there is like fucked up stuff just constantly happening in the in that one but Um, there's also the great scene where uh willie wants indy to spend the night with her no, oh, yeah. pacing back and forth on what they should do. I, I, I really love the movie. I really do. Which also leads me into the 
uh, one of the best scenes in all those movies, which is the the uh, the spike trap mm-hmm. section, yeah. which is like, you know, playing back to all these old serial moments um, that we just sort of we know that trick really well. Um, but then that scene is it's just so much fun. We um, and are shots going so cool. to die. One of the best delivered lines. Yeah. And then you can't do the frowny face on an audio podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that like that's the movie that I grew up watching, and I didn't see. Uh, I saw Last Crusade at some point afterwards, and I didn't see uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark until years later, like maybe really? three or four years after that. Um, <laughs> so, I, like for the for me, the first one was Temple of Doom. So nice, that's yeah, interesting. Kind of a weird way to get into that series, but huh? But yeah, it's cool too because I think it's the 25th anniversary for uh, the Last Crusade this week as well, if I remember correctly. And it's cool seeing the Alamo is going to show it, and that. Uh, they have that little clip at the end where he's like, no ticket, and the audience still laughs. Yeah. But that joke still lands 25 years later. Yeah. Is amazing. Without the proper setup. Without, yeah. Right, exactly. exactly. Without, <laughs> even, without even the proper setup. I even, like, every time I see that, I'm like, you know, if they put in that setup, it, it would probably work better even in that trailer. So it's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. No, that movie's fantastic. How did you know she was a Nazi? She talks in her sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Father oh. and son. Tag so team good. and some Eskimo hot, brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tag oh, team and some hot Nazi Eskimo brothers. <laughs> I was actually looking for the term in my head, but that's, <laughs> that's so gross. <laughs> cool. So that's I thought it'd be fun to talk about that movie because I for love sure. Indiana Jones. And, no, I think that's cool. And it came out thirty years ago. Can you believe Man. that? That's crazy. I like Temple of Doom too. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite part about Temple of Doom, Brad? Uh, Where would it rank for you on indie movies? Uh, I'm not going to rank them. Oh my god! If you don't want to play the game, I saw I saw Last Crusade first, and I think I saw Temple of Doom like at ho- in ho- at home, mm-hmm. um, and like that Temple of Doom really caught my imagination for like stuff creatively that I did as a child, like <laughs> writing short stories and dr- drawing things. Like I'd make up characters that were not Indiana Jones, but they had the same adventures <laughs> like that, <laughs> like fighting Nazis, Kentucky and, Jones, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they were animals, Florida they Jones, people. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I, if I had one criticism, I think it's probably the sloppiest one before, um, the I think it's the sloppiest one because Crystal Skull is technically really proficient, but, you know, the story is not as interesting. Yeah. Um, well, but it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Last Crusade for me is like the tightest and then mm. Raiders is obviously a classic. So yeah, cool. I'm not going to rank them. They're, they're all fun for me. I think you just did. I think you just ranked <laughs> I'll, I will say Last Crusade is my favorite, so there. Nice. Huh? Yeah, yeah, no, then I could rank your movies for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, James, what the fuck is going on on your I, phone? I have no idea what that is. I, have, I Is that me? It on, me, 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 me. I can't tell where that sound is coming from. I'll just, I'll just make it go away. Okay, it's gone now. This is the stuff that's happened in the world of movies. We call this segment Real News. It's Real News! So, I think there are two two things that, like, if you'd asked me a week ago, I wouldn't expect we would be talking about this week. They would be these two things. One is, um, actually, now there's three. I, I, yep. I forgot. So, uh, the biggest one is that Edgar Wright left Ant-Man, um, which to me means I don't know that I give a shit about Ant-Man. And that's the <laughs> first time that Marvel has made a move that I've really kind of been like... I. I can't get on board with this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, 
A lot of people are pissed. If it's, you read the Twitter stuff, it's pretty funny. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty disappointing. And then you, and, you know, it, it's the thing that we all knew was was scary about the way Marvel was doing this because as a studio, they had their hands on everything so much and were editing down to the end and really had a lot of control over the movie, which is why the expanded why the universe works together so well. Um, but then we also find out that Drew Goddard leaves the Daredevil show. And it just feels like dark times over there um, when you have. Or do you think people... Marvel's pissed because Drew Goddard's going to do Sinister Six and like hey, fuck you, you're going to go to Sony? It, I mean, it may be. I mean, there's definitely like some politics there, but like, and as much as I love Drew Goddard, he's not Edgar Wright, and oh, Ed- yeah, Edgar Wright is a guy who there, there's a few reasons why this is stupid from Marvel's perspective. One, Ant Man, nobody really gives a shit about. You know, in a for the most part. So, like, that is a character. You can let that character sort of breathe outside of your universe and do some weird stuff with him, you know. Take some chances. Um, yeah, take some chances. Let Edgar Wright just go make a fun movie. Two, Edgar Wright has, in my mind, never made a movie that wasn't great. Um, so why don't you trust him a little bit? And three, Edgar Wright has, for that reason, a pretty big cult. And it's a pretty big cult that crosses over with your pretty big cult. Uh, in a pretty big way. And so uh, I don't understand why you don't just like... And there's a lot that will come out. Maybe Edgar Wright has gone fucking nuts and he and whatever story he wants to tell or whatever the, re, whatever the thing is that they were really fighting over that we will probably never really understand. Um, maybe he's, he was wrong. But it, it just sort of sucks because that movie was one of those things, one of those little gems that like I was waiting for and I was like... Man, when we finally get that, that'll be cool. And, um, but now I don't think it's going to be that cool. The it thing, might still be good. Yeah, the, here's the thing, though, special. is besides nerds, I mean, who really knows who Edgar Wright is? You're right. And you're so absolutely does, right. I mean, I, I wanted to see him make it. You're right. Yeah. I, Edgar Wright makes amazing movies. But but not financially. But not financially successful cool. movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah, his but, movies like Shaun of the Dead, I'm sure cost a couple million and it made 30 million. That's fine. You're not wrong. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're like it, Marvel wants 100 million dollar movies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they still have all the cast and they really have no say. I mean, I'm I'm bummed because just like uh, Scott Pilgrim, you saw how much potential this guy has yeah. to make really cool movies and yeah. then you see the world's end and he just does things with the camera action-wise that you just can't wait to see. And, you know, when we reviewed that movie, we talked about how we feel like he's getting better and better. Mm -hmm. And when we talked about the action in World's End, we talked about how excited we were for Ant-Man for that exact reason, because he's gotten so good at it. Because he's so kinetic. And if you go back to, like, the test footage that he did for Ant-Man, you watch that and you just know, like, a guy who's that visual and uh, a director, he was going to do something really, really cool. And it's not to say that Whoever they bring on isn't going to do a great job. And it's not to say that whoever they bring on isn't going to make a better movie than he would have. It just means that a movie that I was really excited about, I'm not really excited about anymore. Because um, the same thing, with, you know, they did it with James Gunn, where they, they took this property that most people didn't give a shit about, gave it to this guy who, his last movie, God ripped a, the roof off the building and touched a man's brain. And you feel like, you know, it's just, the guy is a little bit nuts. Um, but they... I don't know. They probably put him in a box to some degree and, and said, like, okay, you, can, you can't go too crazy, but this movie has a raccoon in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they already, you know, took some risk on, on somebody else who was not financially viable. No, I agree. Um, 
So I don't know. It's it's a bummer. Um, and the same thing with Drew Goddard. Like, I don't really care that much about. I, I think the Daredevil could be a really awesome TV show, and I think that the sort of style that Drew Goddard would would bring to it would probably be really cool. But they'll get somebody else. Because um, it may, yeah. For it's like you say, like it may just be that he left for, you know, scheduling reasons, and not just not just for, uh, like creative reasons, but. Uh, just a bummer. He was attached yeah. for almost a decade. Yeah, exactly. that's what's Well, crazy. the same yeah. thing is true for Edgar Wright, yeah. Like, Give up this close to the finish line. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Yeah. You, de- you know they're definitely in pre-production because it comes out next July. Yeah. So, um, And it's got to suck for him just because, you know, he's been thinking about that movie and planning that movie for so long, and now it's just not going to happen. Um, you wonder if they're going to make up. Be like, come back. <laughs> right, like bad. next thing we know, it'll be like Edgar Wright's Avengers three, and you're like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" <laughs> um, but the other thing that I can't believe we're talking about um, is that they've wrapped production on a Warcraft movie, uh, which we've not seen anything from, and it's directed by Duncan Jones. Oh, that's yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I've heard of this. Yeah, right. So they went and took you know, it's World of Warcraft, but just Warcraft, and they went and made a movie about it. Um, and they've not released any information. I haven't seen a picture from it, so I'm still not convinced it's real. Um, <laughs> I've seen some, con- like, uh, back at BlizzCon last year. Bl- so Blizzard is the company that makes Warcraft games. Yeah. And Blizz- uh, BlizzCon is they do this yearly convention just for their games because they're so big. The fans are so rabid <laughs> And about they it. make so much money they because make so fuck it. But crap load of money about it. Yeah. And they showed some concept art at that because I was watching a yeah. panel on it. And they had um, um, Duncan Jones. They had somebody else. Chris Metzen. Is this uh, was, was a live action movie? Yes, yeah. it's, it's going to be a live action movie. Though I have a feeling it's going to be live action, like Avatar is live action. Mm. I have a feeling there's a lot of CG in this movie. But but they did show like some stuff there, and they talked about it there. But yeah. I, mean, I mean, still, like there's going to be so much secrecy around this thing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, um, also, yeah, it is just called Warcraft, which I think is the correct decision. It should not yeah, be World of Warcraft. That's yeah. fucking stupid for a movie. There are a lot of there are a lot of people who won't go see a movie called World of Warcraft yeah. because they know what World of Warcraft is, it's, and there's it, such a stigma around that. Yeah. This like this um, is not a World of Warcraft movie. It's a Warcraft movie. It goes back yeah. to like the first game when it was yeah. like orcs versus humans, which is is I'd honestly <laughs> I, yeah. Here's the thing. It's awesome. Like this game, the the company that makes this game puts a lot of of love and time and creativity into their stories. It's the reason why I love their games. Um, the the world that they created for Warcraft is amazing, and I would love to see this movie. I just never believed anyone would actually make it. So that's the reason why I I'm still a little bit flabbergasted by the whole thing. And they made it under the radar. Yeah, Brad oh, totally. Duncan Jones. So the, the the worst news of the week is the dumb name for the new Batman movie. Oh, that's what you were li- leading up to. <laughs> no, I would no. The worst news was the Edgar Wright thing. But yeah. <laughs> um, oh man, I, I don't. I don't know that I give a shit. Like I, it's so it's such a political name. You know, Donald Trump. Because well, well, they're, the they're is, leading to Justice League. What like, happens is there's a bunch of dudes sitting around in an office with, mm, Justice League, what can we carry? What can it's, we carry? It's the same reason they called Captain America, Captain America, the first Avenger. And Captain America, the first Avenger was also a dumb name. Yeah. But, you know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Brad, what, how do you feel about your... <laughs> yeah, it's kind of dumb. Yeah, it's, 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 it screams of like, well, Batman is the more popular character, so we'll put that one first. And then versus, we don't want to lead people on that they're fighting each other, but uh, we'll make it like a crime drama. So it's V. It's a, it's a legal thing. Yeah, it's got to be cool. It's yeah. V. It's not versus. And well, Dawn of Justice, yeah, like Dawn usually works in our big budget movies as a <laughs> as a title. So I know you know even I think the trailer for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is really cool. 
But yeah. I just like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I think it's so clunky. Yeah. It's like done of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. The problem the part of the problem is that the term or the the title Planet of the Apes is so cool on screen, yeah. I think that uh, you, you it's hard to get around, right? No it is. Unless you call it Planet of the Apes 7. I don't know why you can't just call it Dawn of the Apes, but, you know, just me. Um, And it's funny, too, when I see, like, the logo for the new Batman and Superman movie, it looks just like Injustice. It totally does. I think it's the same font. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, even the kind of the grayish tint and... And the shape of the Batman logo just looks like fan art. Yep. Oh, in the... in Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's because they're trying to, like, squeeze the two logos together. Yeah, but it's just, like, lazy. It is. Taken from a guy who designs stuff all day. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't they hire you, Brad? Because uh, I'm here and they're out there. They don't know you who I am. You can do it remotely. You should call <laughs> them and tell them where yeah, you call are. Warner Brothers. Like, Be hey. like, hey, Warner Bring Brothers, me. I'm in Denver. Is Send this me the shit. Warner Brothers advertisement department? Yeah, I'd like to speak with the person in charge of everything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't talk to Warner <laughs> Brothers Studios without a Warner Brothers ball okay. cap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to the person in charge of everything. Yep. <laughs> hey, we've talked to Michael Uslin. Oh, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can, I, can you put Mike on the phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I want to let you know your t- your title's dumb. Can, uh, <laughs> who, who I talked to about changing that? Yeah, <laughs> no, I read it, and it's funny because I was on Box Office Mojo when I noticed that the announcement was made, and I didn't want to click on theirs. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to like a cool comic book website, and of course, I went to Superhero Hype, and like the <laughs> I think the headline was the new title of Batman Superman is question mark. <laughs> so, yeah, it should whatever. be World's Finest, but I get why it's not. Yeah, I know. mean, it should be. But I, I, I get why it's not. But do you really need again to tell people that Batman, Batman and, and Superman, Superman are in this movie, movie? and then yeah. the next movie is going to be the Justice League because Wonder yeah. Woman's in the end or whatever? Like, no, you don't, because they either know or they don't care. But anyway, unless there's something else, that's news. No, I don't think so. My wife is texting me that they can see a swirling cloud from their office. Hmm. I don't know too many tornadoes that tornadoes hit this year. Lakewood, Colorado. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, even the tornadoes this week, like, they didn't hit the ground. Like, mm-hmm. they swirled, but they didn't, like... I thought the one out in Aurora on Thursday or Friday did. Did it? I thought so, yeah. Oh, no. I don't know. What qualifies as a cyclone? A uh, really bad Spider-Man villain? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of comic books, this is what you should be reading this week. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. James, you have a comic book for me this week? I do. Finally, fuck. Well, you don't have to I mean, I'm going to Spider-Man. I, I know. I mean, I'm going to cheat, but still. still. Um, I'm moving all my stuff, but I did come across this one as I was packing up all my comics. I have a lot of comics. I didn't realize how many I have until like I moved them and they weigh so much. But um, we went and saw X-Men this week. We did. And it's got Kitty Pride in it. It does. And if you want to read about Kitty Pride, oh, you I know ha- you're going. You know where I'm going. You have to read Astonishing X-Men, which I've talked about before. Um, you can go get all four trades of, of Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men uh, at Colorado Coins Cards of Comics for 20% off, which is awesome. Um, but basically, it tells the story of um, there's this other planet called the Break World, and there are these aliens, and they don't like us very much, and they want to shoot a giant-ass bullet at the planet. Um, meanwhile, there's other stuff going on with robots and other crazy shit, and it's cool. Uh, but the, the greatest thing is that the way Joss Whedon writes that team is just a lot of fun. Um, Wolverine has like these not kitschy moments, but like these sort of comic relief moments that are just really endearing. And, uh, and it really focuses on Colossus and Kitty pride, um, which if you 
if you haven't gone to see X Men: Days of Future Past yet, then one of the things you can do, like if you, the movie's got those two characters in it, and I I felt for them and felt connected to them a little bit more because I had read that book. Um, so it's totally worth checking out. John Cassidy's um, really good in it too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, the fact that I didn't talk about Cassidy's art, um, it it like when I think about what what X Men should look like, I think of his art now. Um, with the exception of his beast, I don't like his beast. Yeah, but he has never a have. really smooth exactly pencil. Yeah, yeah. His Kitty Pride's really cute. Absolutely, yeah. And the covers for those books, I've I've actually been collecting them, trying to get. I think I have almost every issue of Joss Whedon's run. Um, because the covers for those, his covers for those were just amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's a work that's well worth checking out. And I know it's, it's, you can get some of the issues at coins cards as well. Um, but the trades are early ones are hard to find. And Mm -hmm. some ones that are in the middle are really hard to find. Yeah. And Uh, then you can get the trades for sure. There's some really cool variant covers as well that he did. Um, but yeah, it, uh, man, it's a great story and where he ends up taking it and what he ends up doing with those characters is really impactful. Um, Totally worth checking out. So it did it change the status quo of X Men? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon, superstar. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is one of my favorite parts of the show, guys. It's stuff we've been watching. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Dan, what'd you watch this week? Uh, <laughs> I'm going through puberty. Um. <laughs> So I had like I've been moving this week. I uh, haven't really had too much time to watch too much stuff. I did go see Godzilla with you guys last week. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys right. talked about it. Um, but I would like to touch on it. Sure. Uh, I had some problems with that movie, but I decided that I liked it. <laughs> uh, so like that seems to be the consensus. Yeah, like yeah. Um, it looked really fucking good. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Um, that one monster fucked up those other two monsters, and that was okay. Spoilers. <laughs> sorry. Um, we didn't say which monster. Yeah, we so said the one and the two. So, yeah. like, come on, the the one monster was man. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but and and like, I didn't. Okay, so there were some points where it's like, all right, we're gonna see these monsters fight, and then they would cut away to to the following day when it's sunny <laughs> out now, and it's like. It, and you just see like the aftermath of it and then what everyone is doing about it. And then that happened like 18 times throughout the whole movie. <laughs> and like, okay, okay, I get it. They're blue balling me. They're trying to like build it up and make it amazing for when they finally show it. And when they finally show it, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. However, when there was some action, like some action throughout the movie, it didn't happen quite so much at the end. It was more through the beginning and the middle. They were playing the really cheesy, like old Godzilla action-y movie music over everything and i i was like this is i I, like this scene would be better with no audio like no soundtrack backing it um just in my just personally that's what i would think about it um i think action scenes with no soundtrack to them and it's just the audio of what's happening and you're just like you don't have to they're not giving you a track to also build the theme of that scene in your head yeah. and there's just what you see and the sounds that you're hearing of the metal scraping in this car chase or whatever it might be for whatever movie i really like it when movies do that and so when they have this cheesy music over everything i'm like fuck man come on like, I, like yeah i i think this is cool get that music out of here please because they're like trying to telegraph what you should feel i yeah. the, the, when i thought about it i think my favorite moment is uh the godzilla tsunami where he comes to yeah. hawaii and it's a tsunami and they fight at the airport yeah i mean besides him you know, fire breathing down the neck of a monster. Oh. 
Man, that was cool. It yeah, was really good. Yeah, yeah. Like, just uh, it, a lot of it looked really good. I was so hot it was blue. <laughs> a lot of it looked really good, but at the same time, there was a lot of it I didn't give a shit about. Like, yeah, this is true. Yeah, I also loved that um, their like Godzilla, their kind of design for the monster. He was like, like T Rex short arms, and he was really clumsy. I thought that was like funny and cool. And it's not like they played that up way too much. And it's like, look how dumb this. You know, like it wasn't like that at all. But I just thought that it was. I just thought that it was funny. I liked it. Um, so Godzilla is a movie that you could maybe go see if you want to. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then I've been watching 24 because, nice. hey, holy fuck, 24 is back on. I know. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's going pretty okay so far. Uh, we're like It's four episodes, but it's been like three weeks. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and it's been good. And I like that there's... Uh, and like this is... It, it's a short season. It's like a 12 episode yep. thing, right? So hopefully what that means is that the quality that we've seen so far will continue on through the whole thing, and what we won't have is James Cromwell showing up and kidnapping Jack Bauer's uh, nephew, <laughs> like three episodes after a fucking nuke goes off in the middle of Los Angeles because they still have to have storylines. <laughs> uh, so hopefully, what we've seen so far will kind of continue. It's been um, pretty good. Like, if, yeah. have they have they jumped in time yet? No, and I I I think it's gonna be really interesting if they this week's cliffhanger is. Well, the story is is they're able to hijack American-controlled drones, and they're going to use them to attack London. Yeah. I think it'd be really, really fascinating. Because this week, too, they finally had someone who believed Jack Bauer, which is great. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, if yeah. they, you know, he got arrested at the end. He gave himself up because all he wanted was someone to listen to him about the plot that was happening. And if they actually went forward in time and the next episode is after the destruction of the drones, I think that would be sweet. And like Jack Bauer, like the episode opens with him crawling out of like the U, uh, the Parliament building or something, and he has to go kill people. That'd be awesome. Oh, so so like <laughs> like like just cut the whole scene of wherever he is getting bombed from the drones. Just yeah. cut that out, and then it's like from five p.m. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, oops, we forgot to show you this really cool shit. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't like. They're not going to do that. Of course but not. That would be hilarious. Well, if Godzilla showed up, then they would cut away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, they, they totally would. They, yeah. they would cut to the next day. So, right. yeah. I'm such a 24 nerd that I just get so excited. I was telling Brad when it first came back on when he says the following takes place between 1 a.m. and 2 p.m. or 2 a 1 a.m. and 2 p.m. Events occur in real time. I'm like, oh my god, I have an erection. That was yep. season one thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think around episode since it's only 12, and traditionally in the show around hour 12, they kind of flip the show on its head and it goes a different direction. So maybe episode six is where we're going to get something different. Because so far, like, my biggest problem is it's been the same plot of, like, really? We have to help the president again? Like, they're all in the same area? It's it's it's, yeah. it's bombs um, and weapons, like, as a storyline. I don't so, remember drones in his 24. Jeez, Brad, so critical drones, everything. nerve gas, uh, nuclear bomb. Like, they're all the same, like, All the other things plot. that are dangerous. Viruses. Yeah. You know, how come he doesn't fight tornadoes or some shit? Like, well, come what, on. And this week, too, the, the main bad chick, like, had her own daughter's fingers, like, cut off yeah. or hammered off. Yeah. Because her husband wasn't going to fly the drones. Which, oh, my God, wow. those scenes were, like, oh, my, I get it. They're bad. <laughs> like, they had before that happened, which was cool. They had all these scenes of like the the bad guy's daughter's husband just like trying to deal with do I want to do this bad thing or not? Like those scenes are just like most of the episode it was boring. Like get back to Jack. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack was just in a room uploading files. <laughs> I, I was reading some article and they were talking about uh, Kate, the blonde girl. I can't think of her. She's Kate, not Kate something. Um, she reminded me of the other Kate. 
Yeah, from season two. That was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same character, but it's really that was really weird and strange. Yeah. Um, but uh, some article and it was like, finally, there's like a female counterpart to Jack Bauer. I'm like, are you f- are you f- people about- serious? <laughs> like if if you if you're gonna skip Chloe, which okay, there also was Renee. Yeah. If you skip Renee, then you're just I'm not gonna read your 24 article anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh, because somebody didn't do their research. That was. Like and even if it wasn't a deep character, it was a really fun character. Uh, season seven of eight of twenty four, Renee Walker, played mm-hmm. by the most beautiful woman ever. I don't even know what her name is, but she's fucking gorgeous. Holy shit! I think I know it, but I she's got that red. Right Annie now. Wershing so is her name. Yep. I yeah, pulled that out go. of nowhere. There we go. <laughs> now to think about it. Good lord, she uh, like she's a really fun addition to the formula for the show. Um, and I I, I like this new character, but. The idea that there's finally a female counterpart to Jack Bauer now, like there, yeah. there have been plenty of cool female characters. You can even series. say Nina is. I mean, because yeah, even in, yeah. I mean, the first season for a while, she does exactly what Jack does. Yeah. Mm. So I actually re like recently rewatched the first the first couple. Nice. Um, I know. I got to go back and watch them. They're not on Netflix anymore. Really? They're, I think they're on Hulu. I think they're on Amazon, but they're mm. not on Netflix. Hmm. That's they, why they, I, they like took you, them off like two, three. You guys, that's why ago. I buy physical copies of things. No, I just pull it off my shelf and watch whenever I want. Yep. Yeah. Fuck digital. Totally. <laughs> they're not on Blu-ray yet, are they? No. Yeah. That's what sucks. Well, I'm, I'm hoping, season seven and eight are. Yeah, seven, really? Yeah, but I'm hoping that with this new one, they're going to release it as like a box set. Is that when it was widescreen? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when I, it, I think it was widescreen in season six. Was it? I don't oh, okay. remember. I think it's a transition, but they didn't put it on Blu-ray till seven and eight. That's so weird. What a weird yeah, time in television. Yeah, man. And on Netflix, seasons like the early seasons before widescreen, they would upscale them so they would trim the bottom and top and make Ew. them widescreen on Netflix. That's horrible. Yeah. yeah, like I thought they looked okay because like this wasn't that long ago that I was watching the first season. And it, uh, I was like, this looks better than I remember. Like it doesn't look amazing compared to you know. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a Fox show that <laughs> that I'm watching over the internet, like through magic tubes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like uh, I don't know, I, maybe you have more of an eye for that stuff than I. I thought it looked okay. Yeah, I, I yeah. liked it. I like. It's just when you know older shows cutting. like from the fifties and sixties, like standard on like streaming. Like those are fine, but I want, when I see modern shows that are still the square on my widescreen TV and this black bars on the left and right, that bothers me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I'm fine with losing the top and bottom <laughs> if they scale it up, can't, increase like, the resolution. Can, can I just turn into a mom and be like, can't they just magically make it work? Oh gosh, so it's, the, it's like when somebody hands you like a like a really low res picture and says, can you make this way bigger and not lose any detail? No. <laughs> that, that's a 24 technology that doesn't exist in the right. world. <laughs> when, um, yeah. They do that to the office too. Like the first oh, yeah. uh, four or five seasons, they scale it up and I don't mind missing those little pieces of the frame. <laughs> when, uh, when I worked at Blockbuster and I would have to explain to people like, because they would come up and they'd be pissed that we only had movies in widescreen. And I'd have to explain to them like, because they'd, they'd be like, well, not everybody has widescreen TVs. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like, the movie's shot in widescreen. If you don't watch it that way, you lose, like, 40% of the film. What is wrong with you? And they just, like, they wouldn't get it. Like, but you thought, have this in pan and scan. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Man, Ghostbusters 2 was oh like God. used to drive me crazy. I mistakenly uh, bought a movie. And, like It was probably, like, the last DVD I bought. It was... Um, some co- some comedy had like people that fucking, but it was, <laughs> I, I mistakenly bought the non widescreen like pan and scan version and Ugh. I was pissed. Um, Man, pan and, and scan's the worst. Yeah. Anyway, so, so yeah, I watched Godzilla in twenty four. Nice, cool. pretty much it. 
Cool. James? I I sort of only watched one thing this week. Because, uh, yeah, I'm I'm moving as well this week. So a lot of my... I packed up all of my Blu-rays a couple of days ago. I have a lot of them. Isn't Not as many as I used when to. you do but, it, though? Because like, yeah. you pack them all up and you're like, I want to watch something. Ah, fuck. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, especially now because I want to unpack stuff. But I, I, I'd have to open up the Blu-rays to get... Anyway. Um, so... I, I crossed a movie off my list this week, uh, which was Apocalypse Now. Hmm. Um, I'd never seen Apocalypse Now before. Uh, so I got the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is gorgeous. Um, I didn't watch the Redux version yet, uh, but the Blu-ray comes with all... with. Well, I was about to say all three. It comes with both versions of the movie, and then it also comes with Heart of Darkness, and I did watch Heart of Darkness. Um, so if you don't know what Apocalypse Now is, it is a movie about Vietnam that is a loose, translate, loose adaptation of um, Joseph Conrad's The Heart of Darkness where um, Martin Sheen gets sent deep into Vietnam to go kill this... Sent into the shit. Yeah, he gets sent into <laughs> the shit to go kill this guy named Kurtz, who has gone crazy and is, like, just out in the middle of Vietnam, like, having soldiers just kill people or whatever. Like Burning babies. Yeah, yeah. He's just basically... The rumors are that he's out there burning babies. You're right. That's what they say in the movie. Um, and so he goes out, and, and most of the movie is actually just him and the guys who are trying to get him up the river traversing the river and the the sort of things they run into in the weird sort of um, cross-section of what Vietnam was like. Um, and it, it's interesting. I talked about this. I did a presentation in, in college where I talked about sort of the phase of Vietnam War movies um, because Apocalypse Now comes at this point where it was made because um, it's, uh, oh, God, um, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. And, of course, Francis Ford Coppola wasn't in the war, but it was made post-Vietnam when people, like, real stories of what the war was like were coming out. Um, so it was, it's very different than the wars like Green Berets that were made during Vietnam that are, like, traditional positive war movies. Um, it, it's a movie where you can tell that he is trying to make you understand, like, just how shitty and insane specifically that war was. Um, and I think it's great. The The movie is is pretty damn awesome. And the things he pulls out, pulls off like the wide shots and the, cause you also know like it's not CG. So you're watching these huge explosions where whole sections of the forest are falling apart. And you're like, Oh my God, like you did all of that. You know, it's like a Vietnam war version of Lawrence of Arabia where just the stuff you're watching, you know, is really happening and it's unbelievably impressive. Um, and so I absolutely recommend that people see that. But I think that you have to watch it if you then immediately watch Heart of Darkness, which is the documentary that I don't remember who made it. But um, it's compiled from uh, a lot of just different interviews and footage. Morgan Spurlock. No, it wasn't. <laughs> there was a second where you had me. That's what's sad. <laughs> um, it's compiled with footage from like you know behind the scenes interviews that they've done in the li- you know whenever they made the documentary, as well as. Um, this audio that his that uh, Francis Ford Coppola's wife was recording while they were making the movie um, that she was just doing she was going to do like a book or something like that um, and they went and got all that audio and pl- plugged that into the movie as well and it basically sort of tells you the story of of the making of that movie and how hard it was to make that movie and how it 
pretty much drove Francis Ford Coppola insane for a while because uh, it was way over budget and took way too long to make. Um, and he was trying to make it outside of the studio. So it was like back home, it was becoming, or back in, in Hollywood, it was becoming this like pariah where everybody was looking at this and saying like, look, this is what happens when you go outside of the studios and like, you know, this guy's out there in the jungle making this movie and like just burning money, basically trying to make this thing. Um, and he is clearly convinced he can't make it good, which is the other side of it that's so fascinating. I mean, it starts with this piece of audio where he's saying like, what no one, everyone else believes I'm going to pull this off and I'm the only one who knows that I'm not. Like, no one believes me when I tell them that this movie is going to be a piece of shit. Uh, and then, of course, it's Apocalypse Now, which is this amazing film. Um, so it's it's a really interesting thing to pair with with the movie. Like, it's it's the kind of thing, honestly, you want on every DVD, right? Like, you kind of want to watch a movie and then immediately have somebody, like, tell you just how hard it was to make and what the pitfalls were and, and like, interesting little anecdotes about things that happened behind the scenes and stuff like that. Uh, it's a really cool documentary. Um, so even if, if you've seen Apocalypse Now and you've never seen Heart of Darkness, go find that Blu-ray. Or I mean, I th the documentary is sold separately, but it's if you don't have the Blu-ray, you might as well just buy the box set. Um, and I think I will. The the Redux version is like 40 minutes longer. I have a feeling I'm going to go back and rewatch that whole thing because they show you little bits of the scenes that they added back in uh, in Heart of Darkness, and I think some of them are pretty interesting. Um, so it's a it's a really neat film, and I'm... I don't know if I'd watched it like 10 years ago when I was first becoming a film educated person, I probably wouldn't have appreciated it at all. Uh, but now I look at it and I just, yeah, it's, it's a really impressive movie. So have you guys, right. Have oh, you yeah, seen it? Seen yeah, it yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's really cool. So my, my dad is a big, uh, war movie guy. Yeah. So there was, I mean, I, I saw full metal jacket platoon apocalypse now, probably before anybody should have seen him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember it being really uh, visceral and yeah. really interesting. It's not the most... Uh, what's interesting is, like, it makes Vietnam out to be a really horrible thing, but it's not the most gruesome no. one, right? Like, no. Like, there is... There are a couple scenes where you see, like, people who've, you know, lost a limb or something like that. But as far as... You don't see a lot of people get shot, necessarily. He, he, he focuses more on, like just sort of the insanity that mm -hmm. occurs um which is almost more brutal than oh, yeah. than you know a, a saving private ryan where you're you're getting pulled through all this emotional back and forth as you you know keep having characters die um so i for, i totally forgot that saving private ryan had vin diesel in it yeah, yeah. I love that he gets Until like a couple it. weeks ago, I, I, somebody was telling me, I'm like, holy fuck, I, I forgot yeah. about that. She reminds me of my niece, sir. <laughs> Pop, dead. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's not how it happens. Pretty much. Oh. How does it happen? I forget. Well, he gets, the, he gets her yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, he, he, goes he saves the girl, yeah, and then like he comes the, down, and he gets shot. Yeah, I remember. Oh. That's how it happened. Even Steven Spielberg knew Vin Diesel was an idiot. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. He's like, I'm going to cash in the part where the guy's an idiot. <laughs> Why do that? <laughs> uh, Brad, what did you watch this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he watched all the Fast and Furious movies. That's right. Vin Diesel is awesome. Uh, no, I think the only thing I watched this week is last night. Well, the new thing I watched. Uh, well, actually, not even new. Back to the Future. Yeah. Nice. Again. You saw it at midnight, right? Yeah, midnight. Um, oh, cool. And since they don't do film, I think the last time I saw the Esquire, they were still doing it on film. Mm -hmm. And this one was obviously only digital now. Um, and I was in the 
very front row, so I was like really up close and personal with the screen. And I was with the digital and the clear resolution of it. I was like noticing labels of things and mm. uh, mm. some of the background, and like also since I'm so fam- I've watched it so many times, I'm so familiar with the story. I started like, and since I'm immersed in production of my own stuff, I'm like thinking of the logic behind characters' motivations and stuff. And there's actually like a lot of errors <laughs> that I didn't notice until this screening. Yeah. Um, one continuity thing that um, I wish I'd written them all down, but the only ones I can remember right now is like when Marty comes home and finds that the, the car is totaled and Biff's like yelling at his dad. Um, Marty's standing next to this uh, part of the wall with some shelves on it and there's a little candy jar. It's like a translucent glass candy jar so you can see all the candy in it, uh, but it's st- distorted. And so he's standing next to this listening to the conversation and it keeps cutting back between the shot of Michael J. Fox and then the other two. And then, so the candy is all in the jar. And then when Biff comes over to take the candy, it's already half empty. <laughs> so that was like, you know, take seven yeah. or eight or something of that scene. Clearly. And then um, another thing I noticed at the end when, after Marty's played the guitar solo and he's exiting through the back of the stage and then um, uh, his mom finds him um, and he's telling him goodbye. And the way the dialogue is like what they're saying Marty hasn't indicated that he's leaving forever. He's just like, hey, uh, cool seeing you guys. I got to run. And then already his mom is assuming that she's never going to see him again. And even George (laughs) does the same thing. We're like, well, you know, good luck. We'll, you know, hopefully we'll see you sometime in the future. (laughs) Yeah, I see. Yeah. Even though, like, he's been in their life constantly for the past week and hasn't, (laughs) hasn't said anything like, oh, yeah, I'm taking off. I'm moving away cross country forever <laughs> they're just like assume that he's not gonna well maybe he doesn't know what to say this is true uh, this is i'm just true. gonna leave guys yeah. they think he's an angel yeah so came into their life to make them love each other and now he's going on yeah they, they figured it out once they fell in love they're like oh this guy is a guardian angel for yeah. us <laughs> he's cupid that's what it was the whole time no it's just like yeah that doesn't make sense yeah um is it uh two where he um it's because he has the sport. Uh, Biff has the sports almanac, and then he keeps saying, "I think he took that guy's wallet." I think yeah. he took his wallet over and over. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. two. That's two okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that line. That's pretty good. <laughs> and it makes you appreciate. Like, I was also thinking of the sequels in that scene where George beats up Biff, and like, man, it's Marty's gonna get so like he can't see it now because he's stuck in the trunk. But <laughs> in the next movie, he's gonna come back and he's get to get to watch <laughs> that moment that he regrets missing. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, and that also like. I was also thinking about like what if they rebooted the series or made like another Back to the Future? Like what would they do with the story? Like they covered the McFlies, but there's this whole thing where Doc Brown's mansion burned down before you know we got to Back to the Future one. Like what led to that and stuff? And like what's the history of the Browns, especially now that they existed in the like in the West in the 18? Like there's a whole new timeline that's separate from that first movie mm-hmm. about the Browns. So yeah, you, see, you do see a lot of newspaper articles of like Doc Brown committed. And yeah, like they can yeah. explore. Well, that's what happens in the alternate. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but just like, the fact that like he's a big enough name that he's on the front page of the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And also in like uh, 1955, like um, he's got the mansion next to the garage. And in 1985, he's he lives in that garage, which when Marty exits on the skateboard to get to school, like is surrounded by strip malls and stuff. Mm-hmm. But 1955, it's like an estate. Yeah. So it's like, did he have to sell his land once it burned down, and like, to get the funds to yeah. keep f- his research and stuff? But it's like in an area where you, you don't think there would be commerce. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, I was talking about that because of just like how clever 
separately written two and three are mm-hmm. based on like they do the same stuff from the first movie, but just set it slightly askew in like such an interesting way yeah. that all those things like all these different things like reference each other and like uh, bounce back and forth. Uh, yeah. It's and so it complex and it works. It's like Bob Gale and I forget who else. Was it Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis or somebody yeah, else? I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's right. the two of them. Like just so complexly like in like creatively strung together visually and like story wise. Just yeah. It's just a great trilogy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You are correct. I sir. hope they don't remake it. <laughs> I, <hope they> <laughs> I know. You said that, and I was like, what the fuck yeah. do you know? What? <gasps> I haven't heard about Sometimes it's no. okay if a really cool thing it is just left alone. Yeah. Yeah. And but if someone came up to me and said, hey, would you like to make a fourth Back to the Future movie? I'm like, yeah, as long as it's an extension of the series, I wouldn't want to remake yeah, it. Yeah, like, I'm going to make a movie about young Doc Brown. Yeah. You know, some some future time. His son, yeah. the, 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 the one... From the end of the third one, uh, Jules who, like, who yeah, who taps yeah. on his penis. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, no. You don't know about this? Pretty sure I know. Oh my god. Oh, oh, oh I, I know. Yeah, that ruined, blooper. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. not a blooper. It's in the movie. Yeah, yeah. If you if it's you in watch, the movie, like it's, the kid, the kid's a dick, and so he during the take that's in the movie, he like. He like smiles and waves. He grins oddly. He's telling the PA he has to go to the bathroom and like no one caught it. (laughs) Is that what it is? I think it is. That makes more sense. I always thought the kid was just a dick and trying to trying to like (laughs) point at his dick. He's like we've been shooting for six hours here. I gotta go to the bathroom and I'm a child, (laughs) so I can't just say that. That's so much better. (laughs) Is this is this a thing that people know about? Yeah. Yeah. So if I go to Google and type in like Back to the Future Three, little kid penis. Yes. Like like a video on YouTube will pop up. Yes. And so. Well, and the I will not yeah. Kitty <laughs> porn. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay. No. No. It's All totally. Right. Buzzer thing. goes off the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. So that kid goes back, like in the future, takes a time machine, goes back, and finds like young Doc Brown, and they have, and then they light his house on fire. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I want to see that movie. Yeah. Ryan, what'd you watch this week? Oh fuck, so much. Nah, not really. Um, I, I got. Fright Night 2, not the original Fright Night 2, but the Fright Night 2 from the reboot of Fright Night. The one with the, that lady from Dexter. Yeah. I saw her on the cover. Um, you know, it's actually not that bad. Uh, the, the only weird thing was is it kind of ignores the first movie. What? And it, Yeah, because they don't... I don't know how to... You'd have to watch it, but they, it's Charlie and that... I forget the girl. But it's movie. a different actor. Yeah, it's a different actor. Well, they're both and his, different actors. Yeah, and the girl's a different actor. And it's basically a play on the original Fright Night where um, Charlie notices there's a vampire across the way from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes place in Europe. And they and Peter Vincent isn't obviously David Tennant. He's uh, this reality like ghost hunter guy now. What? Um, yeah, it's really like once you get past it's all like... the weirdness about it, <laughs> because it's like they're rebooting a reboot, but calling it a sequel. It's really weird, but I mean, there's some actually pretty horrific parts in it, and it's pretty gory, and there's lots of tits in it. Um, the The main vampire in it becomes old, and the only way she can stay young is by drinking the blood of people. And uh, so the opening's really cool. Which that's um, kind of cool because, like, yeah. Peter Vincent talks about you know the different kinds of vampires, yeah, right? Exactly. In the last one, so the idea that there is one like that—that's cool. So they're but. playing, and they're playing on the fact that Dracula might have been a woman. Um, that and that's fine and yeah. you know there's some cool parts in it uh yeah 
you know, it is what it is. It's bloody. That's so weird, though. That, I mean, sense. it almost sounds well, like... Women would suck the life out of anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah high five. <laughs> uh, it almost sounds like, you know, before Marty Noxon came on to the the good yeah, remake... It probably was. ...that, like, <laughs> that this is some script that they had that was, you know, half-assed, and they thought, oh, well, we'll just go ahead and make this started written. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that was weird is it was the same characters' names, and but they didn't have any, like, recollection of what happened before. And they even... They, Ed is even in it, and he's... Uh, the friend? Yeah. What the and fuck? He, and he's not a vampire. Um, he dies. Yeah, I know. So that's, so it's kind of weird. It has this weird reboot to it that... Are those same characters in the original? Like, is it possible that... But there's a, there's also an original Fright Night 2, isn't there? Yeah. That's so bizarre. It is bizarre. Um, I mean, if you take it... If you didn't know, you know, the history of it, you just watch it as a direct-to-video vampire movie. It's not horrible. Right, yeah. It's, like, bloody and... Naked chicks, like I said. Yeah. So there's worse things. It's just weird because, like, I, as a, a person who really hates, uh, hates but doesn't really like a lot of horror movies, I really liked that one. Me too. So it's weird that they made a sequel that just completely ignores it. And it is, I mean, it is different when you have, you know, a female who's a predator in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's not as cool as Colin Farrell. No. Um, but, you know, whatever. She's but hot. she was good. And she's naked. Um, she was good in, in Dexter, and she had a, a, a similar kind of role. I mean, she wasn't a vampire, but she was a, a predator of sorts. So Is she naked in it? Um, she's naked in this movie. Yes. It's awesome. Yes, she was, because it was Dexter. And if you're a woman on Dexter, you have to show your tits. Because mm. showtime. Gotcha. Uh, I also got, you know, what I love about Scream Factory is they release these movies that I've never even heard of, horror movies. Yeah. And, and most of them aren't, like, great, but, you know, they still give them the time of day to put them on um, Blu-ray. And this one's called Evil Speak, which stars Clint Howard um, huh. as this guy who is in a military school who's an orphan, and he gets picked on all the time by, mm-hmm. you know, the rich kids and... Um, they always pull pranks on him. Because he's bald in middle school? Uh, no, he's not bald in this movie. Surprise. What? Yeah, I know. Um, it also stars uh, Richard Mole. You might know him as Bull from Night Court. Yeah. Um, huh. And it opens with him being, Richard Mole's character, being uh, sent away from Spain. And before he goes, he he sacrifices a virgin um, to the devil. And he pulls her shirt down so you see her boobs. And then he pulls up his sword, and it's this really weird thing. And all of a sudden, he just slices her head off, and the head like goes flipping in the air. And then it cuts to these people throwing hats in the air, like graduation. It's really interesting. Um, I, it, and then the movie takes on kind of like a Carrie uh, feel to it, yeah. where Clint Howard is this lost guy, and he's in this academy in California, which... The Spanish were there in 1493 is what it's saying. Like, that's not right. But whatever. I guess there's no logic. Um, anyways, he finds this book from Richard Mole's character. I forget. His, uh, I think his name is Esteban. And uh, he scans it into his Apple II computer. Yes. And it translates it for him. And so. It could do that. It had 64 kilobytes of memory. It did. I had um, one. I still do. And so this whole time as he's typing it, now the computer is possessed by this evil oh, devil guy. No. And he needs human blood sacrifice. And How does the computer get human blood sacrifices? Dude, I'll tell you. Because so. <laughs> I have, like I said, I have an Apple IIe. It doesn't have arms. Yeah. Well, no, it's just like flashing, saying, like, Give me human blood. blood needed, yeah. <laughs> to complete this sacrifice to bring Satan into the world. Um, and so it, go, it actually takes a long time to get going. But, you know, the performances actually aren't that bad in it. Um, huh. And... But it's really weird, too, because 
Clint Howard's character finds the book and he finds this like crypt in the basement of the church at this academy, of course. And he gets called into the dean's office because he did, I forget what he did. And his secretary steals the book. And so she takes it to her house and gets naked. And then these pigs break out of the barn that they have on the academy and eat her. Um, yeah, it's really violent. And then at the end, he gets uh, possessed and he comes up through the floors of the church with a sword and he like flies across the screen and which is great is it's on blu-ray and it's a low budget horror film so so, you that, can see... so the extra resolution hall you can just see strings pulling them everywhere oh, no. <laughs> um but what's cool is it's really violent i mean he chops people in half and chops their heads off and um yeah and then it ends really abruptly like he kills the leader of the the gang yeah and then all of a sudden it goes into like computer font from the 80s yeah and it says uh he was committed to a psychiatric ward, but he will return. And that was the end of the movie. Really abruptly. <laughs> I said, oh, maybe they didn't have money after that huge bloodletting finale to right. make an ending. Oh, this was all right. And you know what's cool about Scream Factory is they have great special features on it. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you want a super violent, corny version of Carrie with the dude, yeah, watch Evil Speak. Um, and the last thing I watched, I... I bought my PlayStation 4 at Best Buy, and so I'm part of Best Buy's rewards. And so I get gift certificates for spending over a certain amount, and I got one, then, uh, hey, you have a $20 gift certificate. So I went down to Best Buy, I'm like, hey, what am I going to buy? And I pulled this off the shelf. It's a beautiful set of Star Trek, the motion picture uh, collection. Yeah. Uh, all, all six of the original movies. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, it's really cool. If you do not know what I'm talking about. It's, like, all white, and it has, like, the emblem yeah. of Star Trek. Is it, like, I this thick, though? Uh, it's, like... Yeah, it's the Blu-ray version. It's, so little, it's, it's an inch and a half thick. Yeah. Oh, I have it. Okay, yeah. they have a new one that's like um, all the movies and or is it all the movie or the original? It's a fold out, so there's like these two boxes inside a bigger box. It's just enormous. And oh, no, it's I've like, got the white one. Yeah, yeah. it's really thin. Um, and so the one I watched was Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Oh snap! And so here's the thing with that movie is I actually don't think it's bad. I no, think, I think the story they're telling is really fascinating. Yes. But the pacing's horrible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like if they cut, if if they cut that out, that movie's directed by the director of sound and music, right? Uh, yes, you're yeah. right. Um, I mean, here's the thing: is I'm I've, <laughs> I've never been a Star Trek fan, right? But as you guys have like weaned me into the series, I'm like, I kind of like this stuff, and I I really appreciated Shatner as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, I mean, there is a moment when you see, you know, the Enterprise looks so cool, and it's going by, and I'm like, oh, this is really sweet. But then it keeps on going. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how fucking long are Scotty and Kirk going to fly by the Enterprise? I get it. It looks awesome. Yeah. Um, well, right. But at the time, it looked really awesome. I mean, the Blu-ray, <laughs> it looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, for something that's made in 79, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To look as sharp as it did and on Blu-ray, I'm like, wow, this movie looks yeah. fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I, I... I I understand now the appeal of Captain Kirk. I, I understand why he's so cool. Because, you know, he's... I, I, my favorite scene in it is he uh, beams up Bones. And Bones comes <laughs> in and he's like, what the hell? This is a draft. And he's like, Bones, there's a thing. And he's like, all right. And they shake hands like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a thing. Um, <laughs> but, like, the performances are really cool. I love... Um, I love that you find out that V'ger is actually Voyager that got lost in a yeah. black hole and it comes back and it's self-aware. Like, the ideas are really cool. Right. 
Um, and for that to be the plot of a movie, yeah, like it's insane. You couldn't get away with that today. Like, no, it's why, no, 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 no. That's why no. people argue about the the new Star Wars Star Trek movie so much because it's like you you can't tell a story where the end is like, oh yeah, this is an old satellite and it I don't know it came back. No, and it's, it's just cool. It, it is cool. Like I said, if they fixed the pacing issues of that movie, right. that movie would be, I think, a classic. Because there's 20 minutes of them going through space doors, right? <laughs> like they get to the they they get to the end, and it's just like, you know, the it's just watching this this the uh, Enterprise like fly through a new big door. Oh, and we're getting closer to the thing, and it's just it's yeah. a long yeah. time, you know. And then I mean, but. Yeah, that part's annoying, but I did like when Spock went back through and he was explaining what was happening. Yeah. You know, was, oh, this is someone who's seen different galaxies. And, you know, they finally, they should have just cut the scene out with the Enterprise going through and just had Spock go through and yeah. tell you what's happening. Um, but, you know, the what I do like about these Star Trek movies is, um, I think Brad alluded to it, what his biggest issue with the new ones is, is uh, Kirk actually has to use his intelligence more than just, you know, fighting and shooting yeah. photons or whatever. You know, because when... Uh, They're more about ideas than they are, yeah. like, good versus evil. Yeah, right. and, yeah. you know, Bones says, hey, you know, treat it like a child. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, are you going to spank? He's like, oh, I'm not going to tell you what, what I know. <laughs> and then the, the computer says, well, what? You're not going to tell me unless I see it. And then how uh, Kirk has to think about it on the fly. And, um, yeah, it was just it's a really cool movie. And, you yeah. know, I didn't think I'd ever like the movies, and I, I really enjoyed it. So now you just have to see 3 and 5? Yeah, but I'm going to watch them in order. Um, Good, yeah. Because I'm really excited to see The Wrath of Khan again. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's too bad the way you've done this. Like, <laughs> you, you, and we've talked about this before. Like, there's sort of diminishing, diminishing returns, right? Like, mm-hmm. And 3 is not bad. Um, but it's cool that if you if you do go and watch them in order, that'll be good for you. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't think I don't think the first one's actually that bad of a movie. It no. just has pacing issues big time. Oh yeah, but at the same time, like oh, that Enterprise is pretty sweet looking. Yeah, yeah. That's, and you have to you remember seen the director's cut either. Yeah, and you have to remember like that like changes. they the people who were who showed up to see that movie who were Star Trek fans they had only ever seen the Enterprise like on their shitty cathode tube TV. Shot super low budget, ten or fifteen years, fifteen years old earlier than that. Like, um, so for them, like that was that was better than an action scene. Mm-hmm. Like that scene where they're just watching the Enterprise go by. Yeah, is, and Star Wars had come out, so like, right? Oh, what can they do with Star Trek? Yeah, no, and I mean, wise. even uh, the little philosophical thing that Kirk drops at the end, mm-hmm. where they say, uh, "Okay, let's report to Starfleet." It's like, we lost two members. No, we didn't lose them. They're missing. And just because, you know, uh, what's the dude's name? Like the young upstart guy. What's his name? Decker? Decker, yeah. Mm, yeah. That he just wanted to be with the one girl he loved, and now he'd be with her forever. I mean, it's it makes you think. And, uh, you know, Laura came in. She's like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> I'm watching Star Trek. Just get out. And I did Is love, it for girls? I did love all the skin-tight outfits on the girls. <laughs> yeah. Aurora had really huge tits. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I watched this weekend. <laughs> I have an action figure of her in a box right over there. Nice. Mm-hmm. The only one who bought it. Yep. Hey, I like Blu-rays, and a Blu-ray I really want is coming out this week. Mm-hmm. This is stuff you should buy and watch on Blu-ray. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Also, too, I got Mario Kart coming on Friday. I can't fucking wait. Oh, yeah? Is that already? Fuck. No. Oh, Wii U, Wii U Mario Kart? Yeah. Yeah. It's getting killer reviews too. It? They're saying oh, it's man. amazing. Yeah, it's probably cool. I, I do like a Mario Kart game. The, you know, give it like another two, three years of like good Nintendo like first party Wii U games, and maybe I'll get one. I don't know. Yeah, 
Well, they need to start releasing some AAA titles or the Wii U is not going to be around very long. So we've talked about me not liking horror movies. Yep. Here's one that I totally want because this, this thing is fucking ridiculous and the Blu-ray is going to be amazing of Sleepaway Camp, which comes out this oh, yeah, Tuesday. You haven't pre-ordered it yet? Uh, no, I, I think I do. You should pre-order them. Yeah. The thing is, it's a Scream Factory, and I always talk about Scream Factories. They're collector's editions. They commission artwork for them. And then when you pull the slipcover off, the reverse of the inside of it, it's the original theatrical poster. Mm-hmm. So you get two art pieces for it. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, no, it's going to be really cool. I'm excited to see like you know any interviews and stuff that are on there. See if uh, see our friend Jonathan Tierston. And you um, notice, too, all the interviews with Jonathan are pulling your picture of him, interviews from Real Nerds Podcast. From My Mile picture? High Horror? Yeah. Sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Are they crediting in those pictures? No, they're not. Oh, that's unprofessional. Oh, go sue some people. It, it's uh, the one where... I could. ...that I you could. used for our uh, second interview for him, where it's like the microphone and he's has his hand on the side of his face. It's a good picture. It's a great picture and it's, yeah. people are pulling it and using it and I, every time I see him I'm like, oh. And Jonathan used it as his profile picture a while back. That's too. probably why. That's mm. probably why. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a Blu-ray version of the Criterion Collection of the Life Aquatic coming Woo-hoo, out this week. Yeah. I know um, I got, they already charged me and shipped it and I was like, did that come out this week? Because I didn't get it but I guess I'm not getting it till Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Red River with John Wayne, Howard Hawks. Uh, he's getting a Criterion. Sorry, my. Uh, one that made I tied famous. those together in my head. Um, the Bob Newhart Show, the incomplete series, is also getting a release this week. Um, but then let's get into some of the actually fun stuff. Uh, Diagnosis Murder, season seven nice. and eight. You guys, you know, that's the one Dick Van Dyke show I've never seen, but I heard it's really good. You've never watched any of it? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I watched it when I was younger. Yeah, no, it was. A sh- it was. You a watched show. Diagnosis Murder? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I had I had parents. They would watch that. I hope he's on the show. Murder. Like this diagnosis is. Murder. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> <laughs> is that still a joke? CSI Miami's been canceled for what, two years now? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it was on the air that long. Uh, Cheap Thrills is getting its release this week. Brad, you saw that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Something you'd buy? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, the first season of The Bridge, which, man, shouldn't that be back by now? The, I loved that show, so I'm really excited. I'm going to have to pre-order that one. Uh, well, actually, I'm just going to have to buy it now because it's too late. Um, Gambit, which I thought was already out, but came and went um and then I, i'm starting to get suspicious because we haven't seen a shark movie in a while i think mm-hmm. that i think that dinosaurs are the new shark maybe because this week there is the dinosaur experience experiment um they were supposed to be extinct that's the tagline <laughs> nice uh and there's just there's this dude in like a, just a like just a, like a fishing vest and he's got a gun and then there's this giant t-rex behind him uh, and like the, the a girl in a bikini, yeah. And then there's it's not just a bikini. It's she's wearing like Daisy Dukes and like it's a little kind of like Tomb Raider, nineteen ninety six. Yes. Oh man. Um, and then she has the biggest fucking knife you've ever seen. Oh, dude, that's it's the an size of her thigh. Kind of like uh, every time I saw Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, I kind of got like a tingle in my dick. <laughs> oh god, she has a rocking body. Um, I yeah yeah. Anyway. So you should check out Dinosaur ex- Experiment, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were just talking about the tingles in your dick. Yep. I'm surprised you didn't see Hannibal. I, you know, on the horror websites, they're talking about how great the finale was. I haven't watched it yet because I had to take all my stuff apart. So and you can't torn it. So, uh, well, I mean, I actually I watch it on their website. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. No, I, I'm so, yeah. So I, I, you know, spoilers as everyone says it's great. I didn't read the spoilers. I, I read on Twitter. I, I thought really the whole bloody. season's. Really yeah, I didn't read. I didn't read the 
thing because I'm waiting till you buy it on Blu-ray and watch it, and then I'll borrow yeah. the Blu-ray and watch <laughs> it. Um, yeah, um, it's you know, it's the season started with like a a scene from the finale, basically. Oh, that's right. um, so we, I sort of know where it's going. Um, it's really cool. The thing they've set up, they. Um, they actually told the story. You remember the villain from Hannibal, the movie Hannibal, mm-hmm. the guy, you know, Gary Oldman's character. Yeah. They told his story this season, um, which was different than they tell it in that movie, but pretty cool. I, I, shoot, Berger. I can't, yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the actor. Um, he's that super creepy dude, uh, who only plays super creepy characters, but not Dane DeHane. Um, oh fuck. Anyway, he's in, uh, uh, funny games, the remake of funny games. Um, Brady something. Yeah, anyway. Um and he's yeah, he was really good. That's a it's a fucked up character. Um the season has been great. So cool. Michael Pitt is his name. Mm. I Jimmy Kimmel has this bit where it's uh celebrities read mean tweets about themselves and Gary Oldman read one. It's and the tweet was Gary uh, Gary Oldman's all his Accents are shit and blah 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 blah. Yeah, and then laughs. yeah, and yeah, Gary Oldman laughs. Is like it's true. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> uh, the best one was uh, Sophia by by the It said she sounds like she has a dick in her mouth, and she said, "What's wrong with having a dick in your mouth?" <laughs> like Emma Stone's. Yeah, <laughs> Emma Stone looks like she smells like cat piss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's just like okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're really funny. You should check them out. Um, hey, this was the number one movie at the box office. Some would say the king of the box office. This is the box office stats. Godzilla. Godzilla. Nice. That was good. Yeah. That was good. 93 was million. Lots of money. Yeah. Man. It was a lot. So much money that they said, okay, we'll make a sequel. But uh, the guy who directed it's going to make Boba Fett first. Unfortunately, uh, the movie that we saw last week, Mom's Night Out, only made $1.7 million. Oh, man. Um, so it was not a good night for moms. Nope. That was one of the worst trailers I think I've yeah. seen. In but the, years. People, they, I guess it was supposed to, it was aimed for Christian families. You yeah. know, it's like a cool comedy where yeah. moms could take their kids out to see a comedy, but it was marketed so horribly. You're like, what the fuck am I watching? It looks like a piece of shit. It That's did. the problem. Like, I'm like, I really want to see horrible. Patricia Heaton's boobs. I don't want to see this shit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw X Men Days of Future Past. Did you see it? Dan? No. No? No, I didn't. Well, get ready to get the spoiled the fuck out of this that's, movie. That's fine. All right. Brad, should people go see X-Men, Days of Future Past? Uh, hang on. I was forgetting what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. It was awesome, and <laughs> you should see it. And despite some continuity questions I have about it, uh, it was a lot of fun. Cool. James? Um, yeah. There's not action scenes. There's just action happenings, uh, which is my biggest criticism. But I, I think the movie's really cool, and, and the way they actually tie that story together is really interesting um i really just i like those characters so yes uh yeah i agree with both of you i thought it was actually a really fun movie the the superhero movie i was worried about the most not working actually worked really well yeah uh here's the trailer for x-men days of future past so many battles waged over the years and yet none of them like this are we destined to destroy each other or can we change who we are and unite? Is the future truly set?
mutants. We now find ourselves on the edge of extinction. You'll need to go into the past to end this war before it ever begins. Use your power. Bring the X-Men together. It's going to take the two of us, side by side at a time when we couldn't be further apart. You took the things that mean the most to me. Maybe you should have fought harder for them. There is a new enemy out there. Mutants. You'll need a new weapon for this war. I know what I have to do. It's us or them. Years wasted fighting each other, George. I watched a lot of people die. Friends. We've been given a second chance. Guide us. Lead us. I don't want your future! You're afraid. I remember. Do you is, know, is the, this the first successful retcon of a movie of oh, all time? It's, they, yeah, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous the things that they. I do I can't believe here. they actually did that in a movie that they do in comic books all the time. But anyways, right. we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, well, the movie, if you don't know, uh, is Wolverine. His consciousness is sent back to his 1973 self to warn of the Sentinels, who are giant robots that target mutants only. And yeah. it leads to a catastrophic war that not only targets mutants, but anybody who has a mutant gene. So humans are being killed as well. Yeah. And so everything's just a wasteland. And there's there's not really a villain. There's not really, like, a point to what they're doing there's really just sort of question i mean they they want to erase this horrible future but it's not like they they have to go you know blow up this thing or or achieve this one thing it's like there are just conversations about um about what's right and what's wrong and then they have to come to some kind of conclusion to rewrite you know the future um it's interesting yeah you know it's my wife loves me so much like <laughs> Uh, so there's tornado warnings we were talking about earlier. Yeah. She wants me to text her when I get home because she's worried about me. Aww. I'm like, I'm a man, honey. Don't worry about me. <laughs> I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I'll just punch that twister in A man face. dies in a CRV without wearing a seatbelt because he thought he could take on a tornado. <laughs> um, but what's really cool is The Wolverine was one of my favorite movies from last year. And this just seems like another continuation yeah. of Logan's journey. And it's it's really fascinating I mean, I know Wolverine's always been a really popular character in the comics. He just never really connected with me. Yeah. But Hugh Jackman's Wolverine really connects with me. And yeah. I think that's a tribute to him as an actor. Um, and, you know, I love James McAvoy as uh, Professor Xavier. And I said it before the, in the trailer when he's like, I don't want your future. I'm, it's oh. so cool. I'm like, yeah, I don't want it either. <laughs> I don't want it. Um, you shouldn't want that future. It's a shitty future. Um, but, you know, it's even, you know, this movie's pretty violent, too. Um you know the killing of the the X Men in it by the yeah the, the future and, where you're watching these people like just get 
wrecked. I mean, Ice Colossus Man's... gets ripped in half. Yeah, yeah. And Ice Man, Ice gets... Man gets his head popped off and then stepped, stepped on. on. Yeah. Which the Ice um, graphics, the digital for Ice Man, like looks really good. Yeah, yeah. it's better. Um, no, the, the movie looks really good. I mean, yeah. he looks uh, like a crystal vase that's like yeah. <laughs> animated. It's like pretty cool. No, it's really cool. And so you know, um, and Blink with... Man, all yeah. all the stuff with Blink and the way they use that character's power. It, some of the coolest stage. It's, to, yeah. It reminds me why we loved Brian Singer's first two X Men movies yeah. because I don't know that anyone else has done like like utilize the powers in the action scenes as and cool. That's a, that and opening that's a, sequence, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too is Singer. I mean, I, I don't mind Brett Ratner. I don't. I think no. he can direct action fine. But what Singer does is he does such a great job of building the characters, yeah. for moments, and then you understand. I mean. Uh, Kitty Pride is, she's in it a little bit, but one, Ellen Page is a great actress, but yeah. just the way that it's shot and the, you feel the pain of her, and it's just, he has the ability to do that where someone like a Brett Ratner is like, I'm going to look at this cool explosion. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really cool that he did that. And what I like, too, is Singer didn't totally dismiss what Ratner did. Yeah. In fact, he kind of embraced it. It's like, oh, I can do it better. You yeah. know, I, I can show you um, how to make an X-Men movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's really fascinating to me. Um, and and uh, Peter Dinklage is fine as uh, Trask. Yeah, I mean he, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't have any weight. Like he doesn't no. feel like a villain. I always um, laugh when I see midgets walk, though. I don't know why. <laughs> I was impressed when, like, for the most part, he seems like a shallow. Like, I just want to get rid of mutants thing. And then they have that one scene towards the yeah. end where he explains, like, I don't really hate them. I admire them, um, and I just want to prevent extinction. Like, yeah. my goals, like. You understand my morality, why yeah. I'm doing this. It's not just like just to be a dick. And that's what I mean. Like, there's not, there's not necessarily a villain except for just. Well, I think Magneto is actually a villain. In yeah. That. Well, well, that's what I was gonna say. Is is just this question of of what the mutants should or shouldn't do and how they should react to this world. Um, that that's the the thing that's really at stake. And so what it means is that there's not like. They don't have to fight the the sentinels and defeat all the sentinels at the end, or they don't have to like break into a facility and like blow up a factory or something like that. There's not like this goal necessarily, and so it it almost feels like the the action scenes and all the money that they spent on that stuff doesn't have as much weight. The, for me, the 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 most amazing sequences in the movie are like when Magneto's on the plane and he gets pissed. And he just starts wrecking the plane. Like that scene to me is more thrilling than most of the action scenes are, with the exception of the stuff in the future. The, but what I what I just mean is the stuff in the seventies. Like none of that action, you know, moving the 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 stadium and stuff like that. It, it all sort of feels like trappings around what is really just sort of this ethical question um, that you could have that the climax for the movie you could have done without any of that stuff. Mm. Um, it's, but it does answer. Uh, here's a clip from X Men's Day Future Past. I haven't seen any of the EPKs, so Brad just picked the coolest one. How did you lose them? The treatment for my spine affects my DNA. You sacrificed your power so you could walk. What do you know about it? I've lost my fair share. Huh. Dry your eyes, Eric. It doesn't justify what you've done. You've no idea what I've done. I know that you took the things that mean the most to me. Well, maybe you should have fought harder for them. If you want to fight, Eric, Sit I will down. give you a fight! Let him come. You abandoned me! You took her away and you abandoned me! Angel. Azazel. Emma. Banshee. 
We were supposed to protect them! Eric, where were you, Charles? You abandoned us all. That's fine. It makes it easier than Yeah, to I don't want to describe you... it. Yeah. And then you'd be like, what the fuck is he talking about? You know. I, um, I think Brad didn't pick the coolest one. Uh, I don't know what they are either, but I think uh, that he, he picked like... But, you know. but, but Michael Fassbender is such a great actor. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. is When you have someone who can control metal with his mind and his hands, it can come look goofy. But for right. some reason, you believe his, his grunts and his, I don't know, his motions. Uh, and, you know... I don't know if I'm the only one, but I really wanted to see the JFK scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not, not Did they do that online as like a joke? Uh, no, they, it was like a viral thing. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know if they actually showed you Well, the... in the movie, uh, he's in the Pentagon uh, 100 feet below the surface because he's accused of killing President Kennedy, which is a really fascinating um, because they're, yeah, suggestion. They're using suggestion because they talk about the magic bullet and, you know, he can control... Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to see that scene. I wanted to right. see not necessarily. I don't want to see Kennedy get killed. I hate that scene, but I want to see the the ramifications of what he did. And yeah, because it, it would be cool to see the story. Really, yeah, like it would be cool. It would be cool to see him find out that Kennedy is a mutant. Find mm-hmm. out that somebody wants to kill him for that reason. Go and do everything he can, and and try to do it in the Xavier way, where he tries to save people rather than kill the people he thinks are the problem and fail. Um, it's a really neat And idea. what's really cool, too, is uh, my, my favorite arc besides Wolverine in it, because I think he has an interesting arc, is I love Magneto's arc. Because you think he's going to do it for the good, and you realize towards the end he's just using them yeah. to get him out. And like he always does. Like he always does. But, like, you know, he's, he seems menacing to me, and he yeah. seems like a real villain. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he took control of the Sentinels, and um, he did that by... Yeah. Creative way. Creative, like, pulling uh, railroad, railroad off and metal and putting it inside of him so he could manipulate it and uh you know i, I thought it was really fascinating you know the they had richard nixon it has richard nixon just always become a character now like yeah you can't ever take him seriously no matter what he's in he at I least looks know. more like richard nixon than the the watchman version yeah but, i don't know it's just who he is i guess because yeah. he's a douche but uh but even that scene where he had all the guns pointed at him and i'm like is he really I thought they were really going to kill him, and that's what yeah. would start the war. Right. They'd be like, oh, shit, that'd be crazy. But, yeah. of course, they took the safe way. But yeah. Am I the only one who thought the Quicksilver stuff was cool? Oh, no, the Quicksilver no. stuff was bad. <laughs> it was. The one, when I saw the picture of him, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. The costume's still fucking stupid, but, like, his scenes are awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, he, I was sad he wasn't in more of the movie. Yeah, I thought he'd come back at the end and do something, but yeah. he was just hanging out at home. Yeah. <laughs> With his sister watching, watching TV. TV. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was badass. So when, I mean, again, just a scene that just looks so cool that he's running so fast that yeah. everything's in slow motion. And he can just like, po- like he just poke a guy in the face and it, it becomes a punch. Yeah. It's, you know? uh, it's really fascinating. And yeah. even him taking out Magneto and how fast he is, it's really cool. You know, yeah. it's something you'd be worried about because it makes me interested to see what uh, Whedon does with him in Age of Ultron because mm-hmm. I'm. Obviously, in Avengers, he's going to be a bad guy, right? So, or at least start off as one. Um, yeah, I, I think the movie is amazing, and and it, <laughs> yeah, the continuity is interesting because I think the like where we're left off is the the continuity in these movies is like more inconsistent and ridiculous than like the Fast and Furious movies well, now. Too like, though, it's because I don't know. I don't know if comics are like that though. Uh, no, absolutely. But I don't know where we stand. Like I, when it was over, I turned to you and I was like, "So 
Are we never going to get another movie with Wolverine where he has metal claws? Cause I th- no, he had the metal, remember, because... I guess he, he still goes through the whole Striker yeah, story. he still goes through the Striker story. But like, it's rippled. I know they alluded that Mystique pulled him out. Right. But they do that little voiceover, like, even though there's a ripple, he still goes through it. So maybe Mystique's the one who gives him his... Magneto says, he like, just, he captured again. those claws would be cool with metal, so maybe in this, like, new timeline, Magneto gives him the metal claws. That's what I thought was going to happen when he starts, like, putting the rods through him. I was like, are, are you going to, like, yeah. give him metal claws <laughs> here? But it's, it's not going to be adamantium. It's going to be, like, rebar. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the end, though, I really thought was cool because uh, they had Kelsey Grammer come back yeah. as Beast. Was that him or just yeah, the actor? Yeah, it was like definitely him. Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a bunch of people that just popped up, and, and I, actually, the most surprising Scott. was uh, Cyclops because yeah. I know, I knew he was really upset about how he was handled in X3 because yeah. well, he, he wanted to do Superman. He wanted to do, horrible. Well, he wanted to do Superman, but they're like, well, we're going to do both of them, so we're just going to write you out. Yeah. And you know, for the leader of the X Men to be killed off screen like a bitch is pathetic. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blame. Uh, what what's his face on that one though? Because if if you came to me and you were like, you can either do uh, an X Men movie or a Superman movie, and in a Superman movie you're the like husband of Lois Lane, or you're Cyclops, yeah. you, you do fucking Cyclops. My biggest question is like, because I don't know if I missed it, but how I know they basically wipe away X three by the end of the movie, but yeah. how is uh, Professor Xavier alive in the future? Stop. <laughs> doesn't he at the end of the X Men three? Doesn't he like put himself in his brother's thing? You know, oh, that, that's stupid that, anyway. Yeah. yeah, no, it's yeah. I, that's there's the thing. just been this catatonic well, body no, laying around see, for he, years. No, he'd be alive because remember, Gene killed him. So when Gene isn't the Phoenix and rips him apart, then that right. But I'm saying no, like, he, the movie he, started he means, with he it. means in the Dark Future. Oh, I guess. but yeah. you could argue that this Dark Future that sends him back isn't necessarily the that original future. canon future. Yeah. yeah. So that then then what we're doing is like erasing the first three X-Men movies with a new version of the future that doesn't rely on those. Um, or you just say, like, dude, th- look, that was the very worst decision. Because you, you also can't do that because there is the flashback to uh, Wolverine killing Phoenix. Yeah, that's why I'm so confused. So, like, they said the, X3 yeah. happened. So. It's, it's, it's a moment when you just have to admit that, like, that was the absolute worst decision made in that movie, and we can't undo it without... Like just ignoring it entirely, <laughs> um, which I'm totally okay with, because uh, yeah, losing Patrick Stewart is just stupid. Yeah. Or maybe in an Apocalypse they'll explain like why he was there in the future, because yeah. you don't have to explain every detail in or, each movie. I mean, it's comics. Like they went and they cloned him after that, and and transferred his his mind from his stupid brother in the coma into that clone. Also in the future, so you got that girl who makes portals, right? Yes. Why don't you just flash one up to all those uh, monoliths coming at them and then send them somewhere else on Earth? I don't. I don't think she's that powerful. Yeah, I don't think her powers work that far. Like it's yeah. I think the most she can do is like basically use a you know the the coolest thing the spot from Spider Man. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, But the coolest thing she does is when she opens the one under Colossus and he builds momentum and then like she she moves the portal and shoots him at the at the one guy. Oh, my God. It was so cool. And it's like it's worked into the rest of the action. Um, Remember when her face got toasted off? Yes. Dude, it was brutal. (laughs) It was. Man. It was like. (laughs) Well, it's extra brutal because like you watch those people die multiple times throughout the movie. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the first one, the, the first time they cool. fight in that first sequence, 
I was confused because Kitty Pride uses Bishop, and then they go back to before that sequence. Yes. So, then, so that's yeah. what they instead end up of going there. They meet up somewhere else. Well, they just stay where they are. So that's what he, she explains to Patrick Stewart or to um, Xavier when he gets there. Is like, no, what we've been doing is we'll go and like we'll go someplace, we'll raid something and get some stuff, and if the if they attack us, then. I move Bishop back a day or two, and he warns us, hey, don't go to this place because you'll get attacked and you'll all die. Mm. And so we don't go, and so they they erase that version of the future. And so that's what they're doing is they're, like, you know, just trying I to avoid... Your like, future! Yeah. <laughs> um, but he doesn't explain... It's really cool, I think. Like, he doesn't explain any of that. Like, shit just happens, and then you have to put it together later. Like, yeah. oh, okay, so that, you know. Like, they don't go into why Kitty Pride is able to time travel anyone. <laughs> um, I assume it's like because she can move through walls and stuff that some, just like Quicksilver, like, use vibrations, like, really fast to break glass and stuff. Yeah. As a power. Like, I assume something about being able to move through inanimate objects is yeah. probably able to trans, like, maybe, uh, make, yeah, send you through the time-space continuum in some way. I, they explain it like sure. that in the comics somehow. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it's a it's like a power that she upgrades to. Mm-hmm. It's level 7. <laughs> it's like Pokemans. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly like Pokemans. Um so Yeah, I, I had fun. I was really worried about this yeah. movie, but the movie is really well done. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It gets me excited about X-Men again. Yeah. Totally. Uh I don't know how you make a sequel. Like I don't know who I want more. Like No, I do. I think I want the first class cast. I think I want Jennifer Lawrence and McAvoy. Well, Jennifer Lawrence is way better than Rebecca um, Romaine. Well, yeah. The only thing, what, and I noticed this, so Jennifer Lawrence looks more like a human because she's an actual, like, she has the shape of a woman, um, whereas Rebecca Romaine looks like a mutant in some way, like, because she's because she's so lanky and no. stuff, like, she just, I'm, no, I'm I, sorry. I think Jennifer like, Lawrence's body is amazing no I, no i agree she has, like these big boobs and <laughs> that's what i'm it's sort of what i'm saying is I'm like, like tinkle 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 <laughs> it's pressing against my zipper Re- rebecca romaine looks like she has some kind of weird genes because she's so lanky and like mm. su- like weirdly super thin and you know um like she i don't know it it if it, it still doesn't feel like one character to me it feels like two because i don't know rebecca romaine just looks more ab inhuman um, which is kind of cool for that character, but you know the scene but too. I, Jennifer Lawrence is a much better actress. Way more obviously. sense in the context of the X Men movie than in the Spider Man, where they took out like three minutes of the oh totally. of the scene where they're in yeah. Vietnam. You're the like, the mm. thing, yeah, that thing from the Spider Man movie was just mm. worth like <laughs> so cut to hell and not because yeah. yeah, that scene ends up being really cool. Um, introduces a lot of stuff, and if they had just had. If they just had like her going in and inter- seeing the the guys, and then she says the line about like the question is who are you, and you see his dog tag, that would have been sweet. That would have been really cool. Um, but they aren't smart enough, so instead they showed us like this kind of shitty act, like cut up action scene. But you know, I was wondering too because uh, in the ratings for this, it said weird nudity. I'm like, whose ass do we see? I thought maybe it meant Mystique. <laughs> But nope, you see yeah. Hugh Jackman's beautifully sculpted ass. A little bit of his balls. <laughs> a little bit of his balls. <laughs> uh, I Hugh Jackman's a good-looking guy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. Have you noticed, like, if you watch X-Men 1, he's not, like, ripped or built? Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, he, in, well, he, he is, like, he talks has about a huge that. vein in his arm. Yeah. He talks about it. Uh, <laughs> he looks all there's a great up. interview with him. Where was I reading it? 
Oh, he was talking about how difficult his last year was because he trained for the Wolverine for a year. Mm. Like he wouldn't eat anything but uh, like fish and vegetables steamed. Wow. And then he'd work out four hours a day to get to be built like that. And then he accepted prisoners, which is the exact opposite. And then when he was in prisoners, they called him and said, hey, we're doing X-Men Days of Future Past, too. So as soon as you're done with prisoners, you need we need you back to do X-Men. And he said and he said that was like the worst thing ever. But as soon as he was done with prisoners, he ate a a hamburger and a malt. (laughs) And then he went back to his training regiment. Wow. Yeah, man. Sheesh. Just one hamburger. One hamburger. Oh, so uh, <laughs> and before, the rest like, of before like day two, where he yeah, he's steamed like, vegetables again. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's cool. Well, what do you mean that there were there were not like action scenes, but there were action occurrences or what? I, you, like, I mean that like it's I mean? more a dramatic movie than it's about exactly like, like so. There's pieces. there's this sequence where, and this is I'm totally spoiling it for you in this way, but there's a sequence where Magneto goes to the and you see it in the trailer. Magneto goes to uh, a RFK um, Stadium. Okay, he goes to RFK Stadium, and he picks the whole stadium up, and he's floating it through the air. And you're like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, this is going to be crazy, right? Like, it almost it harkens back to, like, X-Men 3 when he picks up the whole bridge, and then it leads to a big action scene. Uh, and, and there's all this stuff going on with the Sentinels, so you're like, oh, man, is he going to, like, show up and just, like, crush shit with it? Like, he's going to use it like a giant stamp. And just like <laughs> up and down and up and down and crush the whole town with this. Day. That's I have why no James I... doesn't make movies. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just like, what the hell is he doing? All he's doing is he drops it around the White House and and it's a wall around the White House with sentinels, so no one can get in because he's going to murder the president. Right. Um, which uh. I get, but it's not an action scene. It's like an action happening. Like there's there's big, <laughs> shiny, expensive to make things happening on screen, but they're not. It's not a fight. It's not getting to a to a resolution. Okay. It's more just like it, it's just setting up scenes, um, and it's not it's not bad. It's just it's just interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, it might be bad. There, I, I think there there are some parts of me that were well, there were there were parts of me that were sort of disappointed when like he just drops that thing down, and I was like, oh 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 okay. Um, I don't. But, know, I think it served a great purpose. That's why I think Magneto well, I, is such a, a great villain in the movie. Is because you think he's redeemable, but then you realize that nothing about this man is redeemable. He doesn't care. Right. He he's the exact opposite. He doesn't want her to be harmonious with people. He wants to annihilate them. Right. Because he thinks he's better than everybody else. Yeah. And that's again, that's one they're talking about. No matter how much you change the future, you can't change some things, and you'll never change Eric and how he feels. And or at least not as quickly as they try to in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Right? And I, like, I think it, it raises lots of interesting questions. Yeah. Um, he even tries to kill Mystique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That scene is really cool. Oh, how he pulls her back with a bullet in her leg. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. And with like the, and you see it move in the. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, and that's why Jennifer Lawrence is better because like in that scene where she's like screaming and terrified, like. I know she's really good too. She's doing like this. I don't know if you've seen American Hustle. She's doing like this lip syncing part and singing a song. She's really good in that too. Yeah, that movie's fucking dog shit. Fucking dog shit of a movie. Give it a Russell. Best director of all time. Maybe. Fucking dog shit of a director. I would rather watch a movie made For by me, Brett it goes Ratner. David O. Russell, then maybe Sam Raimi, then Steven Spielberg. That's how I rank my directors. Oh my god, just the fact that you said that. Like, just to get under my skin, the fact that you, like, put him above Sam Raimi. Oh, wow. Just kidding. Um, next week, we're seeing A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah. Or do you guys want to see Maleficent? 
Um, I'm just kidding. I have to take my wife to that movie, guys. Sorry. Sorry. I'm, Sorry. Really, I'm really curious about it, but you no. Promise like, you take me to it. A million days. <laughs> well, if you want to see it in the morning on Saturday, then go see A Million Ways After, because I'm taking I my wife. Idea. I'd give it just the one. Yeah. No, oh, no, wait. No. I think I'm doing a barbecue with my wife. Either way, I'm seeing A Million Ways to Die in the West next week with you guys. That's what I know. Cool. Appreciate everybody listening. Yeah. From all of us at Real Nerds, see you at the theaters. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5 and download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.